Hello and welcome to the Building PA podcast, a podcast recorded right here in the great state of Pennsylvania for uh, the construction industry. I am one of your co-hosts, John O'Brien from the Keystone Contractors Association, and joining me as always is uh, Chris Martin. Chris, what's going on today? Hey, John. I am doing well. Uh, sun's out finally, uh, starting to warm up, which is nice. And uh, for everyone out there, I'm Chris Martin uh, with Atlas Marketing, and we tell stories for people who build things. And I think you're going to be in for a very, very good story today. One of my good friends is joining us. Absolutely. And uh, I think, uh, John, you can agree with me here that we're, we're in for a, for a, a pretty high-energy story. What, what do you think? I think so, too. Absolutely. Yeah. As our as our listeners know, we we like to talk a lot about workforce development and all the various building trades. Um, you know, we've talked to numerous trades so far, but but one trade we've yet to touch on, and I'm really excited to talk about is the iron workers. So it's pretty awesome. Pretty uh, excited today. We have Carrie Zettelmoyer, the business manager from the Iron Workers Local 404. How are we doing, Carrie? Wonderful, thank you. Yeah, you bet. Glad you could join us today. Glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we we start with kind of uh, geography, because the Building PA podcast, we have listeners all over from, you know, Swickley out there with Chris Martin's neighborhood to up in Scranton. I'm calling in from, from Dillsburg. So, you know, where are you and what's the territory for 404? Uh, 404's headquarters is located in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We've been here since 1926. Uh, recently, like three years ago, um, our international merged most all of eastern Pennsylvania except for the Philadelphia area. So now we go up the center of the state from Maryland to New York over to New Jersey, uh, 33, 34 counties somewhere in that neighborhood. Okay. And then there's a Western PA local, I'm guessing? Yes, there's a local three covers the western side of the state, yes. And local 401 and 405 cover, cover Philly in uh, half of the five counties or however it's made up down there towards Philly. Okay, awesome. So there's four locals in the great state of Pennsylvania. So what's going on with uh, 404? How are we doing? Uh, pretty good. I mean, we're trying to get through the corona COVID-19 mess that we're in the middle of. Uh, mm-hmm. and we slowed down for a week or so, but we were in the middle of a couple refuel outages at the Limerick and Berwick, the nuclear power plants. So uh, and the, the day work, as I call it, the outside construction sort of stopped for a few weeks, but you know, our plant maintenance and you know powerhouse maintenance kept right on moving. Mm-hmm. Can you can you kind of touch on on your journey from apprentice to uh, business manager? Kind of fill us in. Yeah, I'm a second generation. My father was an iron worker for I think 38 years. I got in in the middle 80s, a three-year apprenticeship, went to work in the field, probably, I don't know, 14, 15 years, uh, 
went to one union meeting that I probably shouldn't have. Uh, nobody would run for vice president. So then I got nominated. And next thing you know, I was president and then business agent, then business manager. I came in the office in late 2000 and been here ever since. They can't get rid of you, huh, Kerry? Um, well, hey. no, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, for for for, what's that? I said I hope they don't. Not at the age I am now. Yeah, <laughs> true. Um, I told you, folks, this was going to be a good story. Um, hey, Terry, can you for those of our you know for our listeners that aren't familiar with how a union structured? You mentioned you came in as a vice president and then president, um, and then became an agent. Uh, like, can you tell 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 us a little bit about like what that structure means? Because most people don't recognize that it it's a little different. Well, the the union is run democratically. There's a president, vice president, executive board, which is five of the members elected from the body, as well as the president, vice president. We're all elected amongst your peers. Uh, there's trustees, sergeant of arms, uh, business agent, business manager. All those positions are elected by when we were just 404 before the mergers. There was 250-some members here. Uh, you were elected by that group of people once every three years. Does that answer what you're looking for? Or? <laughs> you, you hit it right on the, on the head there. That's perfect. Thank you. Um, you also mentioned some of your uh, members working in the nuclear field and in and, and, and the powerhouses. Uh, what other what other industries do you guys work in? Pulp and paper, food, um, new construction, uh, you know, multi-story buildings, you know, uh, warehouses. Um, on a blank now, food, pulp, paper, um, quarries. We do a lot of the quarries. Uh, we call them rock forms. There's a lot of conveyor work and uh, crusher work in those. That fits in with what we do. Um, I'm drawing a blank now on that. I don't know if I got them all or not. <laughs> I think you got them all, man. Um, one other question for you, too, along this line here. Um, I've, my firm's been involved with, with the iron workers on a variety of different things, and, and truth be told, you know, our Atlas and 404 is working together now. But can you tell, tell us what the difference is between an iron worker and, you know, let's say a carpenter or, hell, even to that point, a, a steel worker? Uh the building trades is made up of 17, I think it is, different trades, and that you touched on carpenter, um, and that's what they do. They do carpentry. Uh, you have the allied, you know, the glazers, the painters, the pipe fitters, um, electricians. We're the iron workers. We do everything from rebar and foundations to structural steel to heavy rigging, uh, moving you know, heavy machines and like steel mills where steel workers would be touched on steel workers. They, they manufacture and make steel. We erect steel and place steel in the foundations. Hmm. So, 
That's a good, good explanation. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in your role as business manager, um, are you involved at all with the apprenticeship school? And yeah, I'm, okay. by virtue of office, I am a trustee. There's three union trustees on the apprenticeship committee and three management trustees, but. By virtue of office, I am, you know, one of the, the members of the apprentice committee. Uh, the president would be, and then uh, one pick. The president gets one pick from our membership, which okay. is usually, you know, uh, somebody involved in the local and, uh, you know, somebody that cares. And then the management side, there's three of our many signatory contractors have a seat on that board. Okay. How has... How has the apprenticeship changed since, I think you said, what, the, the 80s you were in it, the mid-80s? Yeah, the 80s I was in it. It was uh, um, with the merger, we transitioned to day school finally. Uh, you know, we have over 550-some members right now. Uh, when we only had 200-and-some members, it was tough to do day school. Uh, but we went to day school when I was involved in the 80s, when I got in, it was basically you came at night, you welded, you did some book work, you know, it was three hours after you worked in the field for eight or ten, you know, you came here from like six to nine o'clock at night, three nights a week, for like four or five months out of the year. Now they do a week at a time, they do four weeks which is 40 hours each, that's 160 hours. And then on the off-quarter months, you know, the two months out of the quarter, they do a Saturday, a 10-hour Saturday training out of a facility in Reading's uh, old area. You know, the operators are kind enough to let us, uh, you know, work with them. Uh, we put foundations in. We have a three-story building out there that's like five days long, that the apprentice operators uh, run the cranes with a journeyman operator there as well. But it's sort of like we work with their apprentices and we wreck the building and they dig ditches for us to put our rebar in. And then the big change from when I was in till now is the safety. It's mm -hmm. um, safety, 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 document, document, document. You know, everybody needs cards for, you know, JLG lifts, for... Uh, welding for, you know, you need a card for everything anymore, OSHA, AMSHA. Um, I think the first 80 hours of training with us is nothing but safety. Well, that's good. Safety first. <laughs> it's um, definitely first. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Is there, is there like, um, like the average age that, that you know of or like what's the skill set for the what? new apprentices that are coming in? When, when I got in in the 80s, if you were over 30, they didn't even look at you as an apprentice. They wouldn't take you in. Now there is no restrictions. Uh, we've had apprentices that were 53, 54 years old. Wow. And, you know, we have them as young as 17, 18, you know, 18 right out of high school. Uh, you know, the way by nature, the way the union's set up, the longer you're here, um, the more benefit as far as pension credits, you know, health care. You know, if you get in later in life, you know, not that a thousand dollar pension is not a good pension, you know, but if you got in at 18, it'd probably be a four thousand dollar pension. Yeah. So it's just the union set up to get in younger, stay for your whole career, 
which is unusual in this day and age. You know, people don't stick with one thing for too long. That's kind of what's nice with construction and iron working. You come in as an apprentice, you become a journeyman, start being a boss, a foreman, and you become general foreman, you can go in the office and be a project manager, estimator. So there's some ways for you to pivot throughout your career. You know, you can be business manager maybe. Uh, after I retire, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Not now. 18, so we don't yeah. encourage that now. But. Yeah, absolutely. 18 to 53, that's pretty wide a uh, base there. And there's hope for you still, Chris. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that would be great because, you know, I'm just such the handyman around the, the house and the office. So uh, <laughs> that, would be, that would be scary if I was uh, an iron worker. I will say though that was and that was my plan B when I uh, before I started my company in 2008. My wife asked me, you know, what's plan B? And I said, ah, well, I'll just become an iron worker. And she's still laughing, man. She's just <laughs> like, ah. so. Big yeah, um, ugly. That's what we need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do fit the mold, don't I? Yeah. Yeah. From the neck down is all we look for. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, now I'm. Uh, I have a plan B now, so that's good. Thank you, Carrie. <laughs> yeah. So, if there's a uh, high school student that's that's listening to the program, because we did, Chris and I have reached out to a few uh, school districts, and they're going to promote our workforce development, you know, building trade podcast. So, if there's a, a high school student out there, first off, we want to say good luck to that person. But secondly, uh, is there any advice you could give them as far as if they wanted to be an iron worker? Is there anything they could do now to to make sure this happens or get them in the right direction? First thing you need to do is graduate high school. Uh, that's the requirement for all the union trades is a high school diploma or GED. Mm-hmm. You have to get that. And, uh, I mean, outside of that, and I don't want to sound cruel or mean here, but we prefer to get them here without knowing much about the construction industry because it's easier to teach good habits than break bad habits. So, you know, a young kid in high school, I we do a kind of unique thing here with the central PA building trade in Dolphin County, you know, the county Harrisburg, and the main county for Dolphin County is uh, for our building trade, I'm sorry, uh, with Central Dolphin, all those school districts, Lower Dolphin, Dolphin County Votech, we have a all-union career day at the Pipefitters Union Hall. This past year, we couldn't do it because they're in the middle of a major renovation in addition. But that day, they can come out from school, they bus them to the fitters hall, and they get to talk to all of our agents. You know, the, all the trades will have a table set up there. They take them for a tour through the pipe fitters, weld shop, you know, the computer lab, through the classrooms, and just try to, you know, it's like half a day for one group, and then they bring another group in for half a day. It's kind of a just mingle around and talk, and I would encourage them to try to get involved in that. Um, You know, the trades in the area that the high school's at, you know, if they're not involved with them, they ought to reach out and, see if they could get something set up like that. Um, the other thing we do is ACES, the mentor, and John, you know, you're involved in that. Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, 
and that, you know, we bring the high school kids through, I think, five or six of the trades for an evening, along with, you know, the construction managers and engineers, uh, and they build a hypothetical project, but, you know, we teach them the, real quickly on a, you know, we show them the rebar tying, the principles of rigging, and some welding. So, um, I would just encourage them. That's one thing we don't do very well as trades is you know, promote ourselves. So we've got to try to get better at it, maybe in ways like podcasts, I guess. Uh, Chris? Yeah. I like that idea. You know, we, we uh, I like that idea. As a matter of fact, we came up you. with it. Yeah, yeah. Like you might on the call, huh? Yeah. Talk yeah. about it together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm a little slow. I'm a little slow. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you are an iron worker, so they only want you from the shoulders down. So you're okay. <laughs> yep, neck down. That's right. Neck down. That's right. Well, we're we're talking today with uh, Kerry Zettelmoyer, who's the business manager for the Iron Workers Local 404 out of Harrisburg, and Kerry has been sharing with us some some feedback on uh, what it takes to be an iron worker. And Kerry, you mentioned the Ace Mentor Program, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put in a shameless plug for our uh, for a previous episode, we uh, we talked with Allison Hanna, who gave us an update on the ACE mentoring program. So, if you're interested in that program, you can go to our website at buildingpapodcast.com and download that episode with Allison. Uh, it was another good one. Um, but but Carrie, you you also mentioned you know you mentioned that you prefer to have uh, young folks who are not you know, haven't been in the industry that long or, you know, because it's easier to train than it is to break bad habits. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the training programs that you guys go through and, and what, what actually, you know, what, what happens in year one, two, three, and four? Uh, it, ballparking it, obviously, but uh, help our listeners out a little bit. Well, I mean, it's a lot of book work naturally but there's a lot of hands-on as well i think they try to do you know pretty much like a 50 50 mix but you uh get in a book and you just learn about rebar you know learn what it does for concrete you know how it affects the strength of things and then you go out and we put a pair of gloves on you and some pliers in your hand and a wire reel and they start teaching you different types of way to tie it because there's certain ways you make a tie on rebar that, you know, it'll slide where they cross. There's certain ways you can tie it that it'll, you know, stay in place like when you're doing a wall. But basically you learn about it in a book and you go out and do it with your hands. It's the same thing with welding. You know, all, all of our apprentices leave here with 70, 18, one-inch vertical and overhead uh certification so we learn about welding and what it is what how it was done years ago what it is now Uh, it's always good to know the history on how things evolved it helps you with what you're doing but you get out in a weld booth and you weld Um, same thing with the structural steel they talk to you about you know bolt strength and you know steel you know all the shapes and different things and you go out and we have a building at the training site with the operators. We have a building behind our facility, a skeleton, and we put them up, take them down, put them up, take them down. The best way to learn anything is to you know, keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 
window walls and glazing we we do have that as well that's part of our jurisdiction uh, they learn how to you know the mullions and rubber gaskets and all that stuff that goes into like a curtain wall system so it's basically you uh, read about it in a book and you go do it and okay. keep doing it until you get good at it at, at, at what point do they apply that in the field do you get so much hands-on, so many hours, and then you go to the field, or how, how does that work? No, it's a combination of both. I mean, we, you know, in an ideal world, you come in, we go through the selection procedure, put an application in, we go through the selection procedure, you know, we rank the apprentice applicants, start referring them out to work, and since we're doing the day school, you know, we get a group of, of the good size for us is about 12 in a class. We get 12 apprentices out working. You know, we get them into school. So, you know, they're learning every day with uh, our ratio is one apprentice to four journeymen. So you kind of got four journeymen, you know, overseeing one younger person. I said gentleman. I'm sorry. It could be gentlewoman. But, it could be either. Uh, we right now we don't have any women in local 404, but there are women throughout the iron working industry. Um, but you know you have four people overseeing one person and helping mentor them along. You know to learn from one guy, you're going to end up doing it the way that guy does it. Not necessarily because he's doing it the best, fastest, easiest way. It's just because that's the way that guy chose to do it. You got four different people, they all do it just a little bit different, and when you're done, you'll probably be the fifth different way of doing it. So, kind of, you learn both in the field and in the schoolroom, the classroom. Terry, one other question for you regarding the uh, apprenticeship. I, I know, you know, just from past, past experience working with the iron workers, the, the apprenticeship competitions. Um, you know, we, we love to see iron workers, you know, climbing a steel column. And, and I think, if I recall, I think the uh, the record was like 4.8 seconds or some ridiculous amount of climbing a, what, 30, 40-foot column. Um, For 40-foot columns, it was, I think, 4-point-something. I mean, they, they easily do six a lot of times. And, yeah, I have a hard time walking 40 feet on the ground in six seconds, <laughs> let alone climbing up and ringing the bell. Yeah, 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 yeah I hear you. Um, yeah. But, but like, talk about some of the skills that are needed on the job site. We talked about what it takes, you know, the, the training and the, the preparation to get on the job site. I mean, obviously, uh, not everybody's going to be climbing steel columns right out of the gate or if at all, but what are some of the skill sets that are needed on the job? Well, I... You, you need to be, I, guess, I don't know how to answer that the best way. Um, you know, if you're talking from, like, a school perspective, you know, math is very important. You know, you need to be able to read or, you know, tape measure. Um, you need to be able to physically do things, you know, tying rebar, carrying rebar, um, Structural steel, everything's heavy. You know, you have cranes to lift it. You need to be able to weld, burn. Uh, I don't. You need mechanical, like mechanical ability. You know, you have to be able to look at something and 
figure out how it goes together. Uh, you get a truckload of steel and it makes a building somehow. I mean, there's blueprints. You have to learn, you know, how we teach how to read blueprints uh, so that, you know, the pieces are numbered. You have to find the number and, you know, put it in the right place. Um, don't know what else to really say there. So. No, that's great. Thank you. You've answered that. That's perfect. That's good. Um, lastly, for me, I was just wondering if you have any sort of uh, – lessons learned to share with our audience, any sort of thing over your, you know, your long successful career in the field and as a rep and a business manager, anything that uh, you'd like to share? I, I don't know. I guess it's keep it simple. Don't overthink it. It's a, uh, it's a job, but it is a career. Uh, you know, there's, you're not going to be sticking bolts in holes every day of your life. You're, you know, that's what's kind of neat with the, the trades. Uh, you do different stuff every day, and there, you have options. So, you know, just get through the apprenticeship if you get in, and, you know, it's the world is your oyster. You know, you can do whatever you want. Don't overthink it. Uh, build pension credits. You know, you have health care with us. Take advantage of it. It's a good life working with your hands. Uh, I know everybody says you got to go to college, but uh, we've got a lot of guys that make six figures every year. Yep. Uh, why? Why go to college when you can build the college, right? Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Well, I like that. And I mean, you can like with us, our guys. You know, they move into management. We had you know one guy move on to go to work for Kellogg's. You know, and he went, started taking, you know, he got through our night school. He went through an apprenticeship at night, and he went on to college, you know, and, you know, he's not even doing Aaron work, but five years into it, he had the opportunity to pivot. He did, and he's got a very successful career. So yeah. uh, be open-minded, I guess. Just, yeah. Good advice, Terry. That's impressive. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, hmm. Yep. Well, thank you, Carrie, for joining us today on the Building PA podcast. Um, more episodes are available at buildingpapodcast.com and on all of the podcast players that you could possibly think of, uh, Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, uh, name it, we're there. So check us out. And we will be back in another episode soon. Thanks, Thank Gary. you. Thank you. Have a good day.